0: Welcome to the 573 Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Evers, And I'm co-host, Travis Owen. And on today's episode, we are sitting down with Mary Wilson and Tom Monahan to talk about tracking deer. And man, is this a really good episode?
1: No, I had so much fun. These people really know what they're talking about, and uh, it was just a, a great discussion all the way around.
0: Yeah, so Travis... I know you guys, you've been doing your thing. You uh, just had a baby. So, you know, that's where Travis has been the last few episodes. If I promise wondering. I didn't quit hunting. <laughs> I didn't quit hunting. I swear. Hey, he just had to, you know, do some real life duties and happy to have you back, man. Dude, good to be back. But I think you guys are really going to enjoy this episode. There's so much information. You know, I really thought I knew about blood tracking deer and. It turns out I haven't even scratched the surface on what I know. So these these guys, they know exactly what they're talking about. In my opinion, they're experts in this field. And I think that you guys will find after this episode that you're going to lose a lot less deer.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: All right, guys. Well, with all that being said, we'll stop ranting and we'll let the experts talk. All right, we are rolling. Welcome to the Five Seven Three podcast. For those of you that are just tuning in for the first time, I'm the host, Stephen Ebers. I'm co-host Travis Owen. And on today's episode, we are sitting down with Mary Wilson of Blue Baguera Dog Tracking. Hope I didn't butcher that. And Tom Monaham, Monaham 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 Monaham, Monaham, uh, with Black. Bear, Bear, the big black dog tracking. <laughs> I, knew, I told you I was going to butcher that. There's literally no stopping that from being terrible. But um, really excited to have you guys on. Um, this is an exciting topic for me personally. Um, if you've been following with the 573 at all this year, then you know that earlier this season, in October, I shot a deer. It was a questionable shot. I thought I did everything that a person should do. Whenever you feel like you make a bad shot, you know, we waited 16 hours to get in there. And I have a dog that I feel confident tracking. And Travis was with me to join the track. And, and we tracked the next day, had blood for 600 yards and lost blood, did a small survey, and were unsuccessful in finding the deer. That following day, I called Mary, and Mary and I talked for quite a while and she ended up turning me down on the track it was right there at the beginning of November so you know things were starting to heat up and she didn't want to wear her dogs out and I learned a lot from her and I thought that this would be a really great time for a lot of hunters to be able to hear about tracking and there's a lot of information that you know even me thinking i train my pet to to track deer that is misinformation and you know one of those things being is the fact that you told me on the phone you're like hey talking to me Ma- talking about mary mary told me on the phone she goes you know if it if you think this deer is still alive and i don't know what the percentage is on on your tracks mary but if you think this deer is alive go check your trail cameras because there's a pretty good chance that that deer is going to be showing back up mm-hmm. so kind of take me into that a little bit as far as what was what was the percentage that you guys had seen
2: um so deer that show back up
3: yeah eventually after being shot. at
2: some point almost so, everyone
3: will show back up that's alive
2: yeah okay. or they'll show back up de- dead because someone else has killed them so you know a neighbor killed them or you shoot them later in rifle season but i would say probably usually i usually hear back but i'm i'm really crazy about checking back with my hunters on if they if i've tracked a deer on if the steer has been back if we haven't recovered it and i would say 90 percent we get some type of feedback later
0: yep well i'm glad that you turned me down because and then told me that information because what ended up happening is I went and checked my trail camera, and sure enough, he was there that morning in the dark. So I knew he was still alive. Um, further on, neighbors got pictures of him. He's still alive and well. And after discussing with you, you guys, about uh, before this podcast aired, is that he's probably going to do all right and, yeah. and make it out. Full Awesome. Yeah. So before we get into tracking what it entails, I'd love to hear about how you guys got interested in tracking, and you know how you got to this point. Into your tracking careers.
3: Go ahead.
2: Okay, um, so I lost the buck of a lifetime, um, and there were there were no tracking dogs. This was ten years ago, and didn't know anybody, never heard of anybody with a tracking dog. And it was it was actually a couple years later. Um, we lost a doe during late. I don't know if it was muzzle muzzleloader or bow season. But three weeks later we found her and we'd actually, she'd backtracked and we walked right by her. Um, we didn't know she was there and then was just out walking like a few weeks later and came across her. And I was kind of ready for a dog and I knew, I knew I wanted to do this. So I started doing a little research and got a dog and joined the United Blood Trackers. And they talk about this book, um, Tracking Dogs for Wounded Game, I think is the title of it, something like that. Yep. Um, So I basically started with a book, like just a book and YouTube videos. And I was crazy about it. And then I actually got my dogs from Texas. So I met people there um, that were kind of mentored me, but no one local. And uh, I was crazy about, about training. I mean, we trained three, four days a week. Uh, She was finding deer, two day dead deer at nine months old. I mean, we were yeah, we were, she was good. She was really good. And then I joined Missouri Blood Trackers. I think I was like the 12th person or something like that to join it. And um, from there met um, Brady. Uh, he's actually the president of United Blood Trackers and helped them put on their first event. Missouri Blood Trackers. Yeah, did I say Missouri Blood Track? United. Oh, Missouri. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> Missouri, Missouri Blood, Blood Track. Trackers. Um, and just got involved from there. And once you're like in there like it's so inclusive like everybody's so helpful even people so we have people now that are like started out as like um, what like raccoon hunters coyote hunters you know the, training those type of dogs mm-hmm. and they're like never have seen a group where you go to the symposium and everybody welcomes you every i mean we have a gr- we have a group that we text all the time like we literally pull <laughs> apart every track i'll call him or another tracker and we'll just you know if i've got a deer that i couldn't recover and i'm like gosh i just don't know what went wrong it eats on this. us bad it does <laughs> it does it's an addiction but so that's how i got started so go ahead um,
3: that's a
0: very interesting story
3: <laughs> <Yeah. Thank> you. <laughs> well me and my son I had taken him on a uh, youth hunt and I was sitting in the stand he was sitting in the stand I was on a ladder behind him and I heard a stick crack behind us so I was like well, that's probably a deer I said look back there and he looks back there he's okay so he turns around and shoots I see it fall I was like okay you got him it was a nice buck hits the ground so I'm watching this deer, and five minutes later, i seen it pick its head up. i like, well, I don't know if this thing's dead or not. I'm not sure. So uh, I was like, we can't get another shot on it. So I said, can you get another shot? No, I can't get another shot. I can't see him good. So another 10 minutes goes by. He picks his head up again. I was like, crap. I said, we're going to have to get down, and we're going to have to get another shot at him. i I ain't sure. So we start getting down the ladder, and he jumps up and takes off. a friend of mine has a blood a bloodhound this was probably 10 years ago so he had a bloodhound he was training for this so i call him and he brings a bloodhound up and i got another friend that's about he's a big guy ex-military big dude so they bring the dog up him and my brother buddy and we start down this Ozark mountain with this bloodhound that's huge and he's (laughs) pulling him down the mountain he said he wraps it off the tree says it's yours now," he said. "Hell with this thing." <laughs> so, so, so I grab a hold of the dog and off I go. And he's uphill's nice, downhill's not so nice. <laughs> so, so we we tracked the deer, and the dog is was good. He he tra- tracked it right where it did, but the deer wasn't dead. And I kind of established it probably wasn't dying. I was like crap. So fast forward to later in the season, and I'm sitting in the same stand, and the doe comes out, and I shoot it. I get over there and that buck had lost its antlers oh. you can see right where right where the back whack had happened oh. yeah that hurt. <laughs> so i got him later that year with a boat finished him off yeah did yeah. you ever
0: find any of his sheds
3: no i didn't oh, i, I didn't shed hunt the property at all
0: okay yeah well those are uh, pretty interesting stories on on how it kind of got started for you guys now is this a a voluntary thing you guys do uh do you get paid for it is this your main gig I mean, kind of tell us about
3: that a little bit. <laughs> it's not a main gig at all. It's just for fun. Okay. And we do get – I just take tips. And I people tip me anywhere from 50 to – I've had up to all the way to 300. But I just take tips. I don't do it for money. I, I've got a real job that I work at, and I don't need it for the money. It's just for fun. Yeah. I'm trying to make my dog the best dog I can make him. That's all.
2: Exactly. Yeah. I, I'm the same. Uh, I just work for tips. So – I have an outfitter that I track for regularly and those guys pay me pretty good mm-hmm. so then most of the other people I I don't charge um, them I mean of course you know if people want to pay and insist on paying but we do spend a lot on our dogs um, I usually go to Texas or another state every year for training and um, you know just just the taking care of a dog for a year and vet bills Absolutely. and everything and the So, I'm gonna say, as far as anybody wanting, you know, someone besides Tom and I, and they might have a charge, um, most of them are anywhere from 100 to, you know, 200, I think is a fair range. Uh, Like Tom said, you know, I'll have people hand me $400 but we work hard for it i mean you're getting a dog that we've literally put so many hours in it's ridiculous and i mean a lot of these tracks were out there for three or four hours mm-hmm. i mean we're we're investigating yeah the ones we don't find, are, yeah, we don't are, find right. are really because we just can't quit like we just especially uh i had one a couple of weeks ago and i felt like this was a liver shot uh, the deer's response didn't say liver shot to me but the arrow and the sign looked like liver to me And I tell you what, we just could not advance this track. And we did everything. I mean, we checked every source where we thought, you know, then you're just thinking as you guys do, like as a hunter, you're no longer just relying on the dog, which is your absolute best bet. Um, You know, you're checking water sources and you're checking, you know, fence lines to see if there, you can find a spot where they jumped and there's more blood and just, but these guys had grid searched this so heavily. And normally, and I will say on a dead deer, on a dead deer, a lot of times you can overcome that because the scent is so strong, but this must not. This deer must not have been wounded enough. Um, and Jinx just, she just put it in like she just tried and tried and tried. And those those tracks kind of kill you, you know. But, um, but yeah. So when you do have a tracker who's charging you a fee, if they're one of our guys, I think they're worth it. Yep, yeah, for sure. I think they're worth it because.
3: They've put the time in to
2: train a good dog for Mm you.
0: Well, I've seen firsthand what dogs can do, and um, I'm super impressed by it now. If you've got an educated trainer behind that dog, Mm -hmm. then I guarantee that's going to go a lot farther. Um, You said that you read a book to kind of educate yourself, and you worked with some people that had experience Mm -hmm. um, tracking. Same with you, Tom, or did no, you have a different route?
3: I had a little bit different route. Um, I was looking for a dog, and it, all of our dogs was kind of passing away, and it was time for me to get a dog, and I didn't want a dog that just did nothing. <laughs> I wanted a dog to be my friend, and I wanted him to be in my shop with me all the time, and I wanted him to track, and I wanted him to shed hunt, and I had an all-around view of what I wanted, and uh, I picked the lab because of their versatility, basically, and I wanted him friendly. I wanted people to be able to pet him and be friendly, you know. (laughs) And I wanted a dog that listened, so that's kind of why I got a lab. But So then I enlisted a trainer to help me, too. Um, His name is Nick Hall. He helped me train the dog, all the obedience stuff, and start him on the tracking journey. And then I joined United Blood Trackers and Missouri Blood Trackers. And uh, then I picked it up after, like, nine months, I guess, I had him in training with Nick and then... I'd take him on Monday and I'd pick him up Friday because I didn't want him there all the time. I wanted to be with him. So after that, we went ahead and uh, made him to where I had to take over from there, basically, mm-hmm. is what okay. it did amount to.
2: And he was held when you came to your first symposium? Because yeah, he, he even was even one, ten one months, was he? ten months. Yeah. 10 months
3: when I came to the first symposium. What's that?
2: We have a symposium every year, usually in May, where we um, test dogs and put on seminars Uh you would love it. Yeah, so, I'll have to check that out. Yes. Yes. It's, it's awesome. It's awesome. It is awesome, yeah. Is I mean, that, we Is have, that
0: random locations or is it a set uh, location every it's year? It's
2: usually, so every year it's been in Bland, Missouri at um, Oak Creek Whitetail Ranch. But this year we're not sure yet. Okay. Uh, yeah, we're not sure. We'll, in January, we will find out exactly where we're going to have it at. Um, it's just getting a little big.
0: Yeah, Um, yeah. which is a great thing. yes. Yes,
2: and we have, I mean, I think we had trackers from, like, actual trackers helping, like, the best trackers in the country from eight different states there this year, helping train people. Okay. Yeah, and we did training tracks, like you were able to bring your dog and actually work on a training track with a tracker, and then if you wanted to test, you could. So either, it's, like it's amazing. it is some of the best in the United States. It is, States. absolutely. The best trackers and trainers. Yeah.
0: Very cool, very cool. Now, you guys um, obviously rely heavily on your dogs. What experience have you gained from blood tracking? Because is there any point where you just you trust the dog fully, or are you looking at blood yourselves, and and you're you're doing your own tracking as well.
3: <laughs> you <have> answer <laughs> <right?
2: laughs> yeah. Um Okay, I'll go first. <laughs> uh, so you you should trust your dog. I'm gonna say that, but you got to know your dog too, because the dogs the dog's abilities are amazing. Like I think we have like something like what are they five million little
1: receptors in your yeah. nose.
2: And dogs have 40 million and deer oh have goodness. 60 million. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we should touch on that okay. too, about how you'd rather have a one, tr- like a tracker and a dog come in than 11 of your buddies, right. uh, <laughs> stinking up the place. But, um, <laughs> but anyway, so dog's abilities are just insane. Uh, but there are times when something's compromised the track, you know, and the dog, like, you, you have to put all of these hours in your dog to know your dog, so to know when your dog's gotten off. Like, rather than, when I think Jinx has gotten off, so say, Tom's walked across and he's gone over there, and like he was saying before, you know, with Bear, you know, it's obvious, pretty obvious which way the deer is gone. Right. And then your dog wants to suddenly do something different, well, chances are somebody or something's walked across it, so that's just something, you can kind of cut that off shortly.
1: So do you guys have, uh, like, like deer crossing that trail sometimes will that di- like divert your dog or like just a rake you know a only dope. if they
3: stepped on a scent so,
1: okay
2: so we should probably explain the scent actually because people right now are like thinking we're just tracking blood right um, so actually what we're tracking is in the hoof right above the hoof there's an inner digital gland and it emits a pheromone when a deer is extremely stressed and if a deer is mortally wounded that that pheromone just gets stronger and stronger and it's just so easy for the dog because and a lot of times these deer don't they're not in bow season you know some you don't get if you've got a mortal hit a lot of times you don't get blood you got a gut hit you're probably going to plug it and you're probably not going to have a blood trail right right? but you're going to have a lot of scent Mm -hmm. and but anything that crosses that scent trail is going to pull that scent also so if you've got an intersection where a lot of deer cross right uh that's going to of course be difficult for your dog because you know this your your dead deer has gone has walked this way and all of these deer walked the same path and then veered off this way say Mm -hmm. five does together now well that's a lot of scent pulled that way so tom's really good about that like he'll throw like toilet paper right there and be if like I see anything bear I don't lifted like, his I head right paper. there so we're not actually looking for blood i'm i'm i will tell my hunters i'm not looking for blood you can look for blood i'm watching my dog
3: and bear works too fast to look for blood
1: so mm-hmm. when when you throw that toilet paper down are you throwing that down just
2: for yeah, you or for me? Yeah. so okay. if
3: i want to come back to, if i don't like anything else he does i come back to that spot and start him again Okay. and we use okay.
2: apps too uh, no. So we're tra- we're using it. We're tracking ourselves on an app,
3: Okay, I used but you can't X always lot. count yep. on yep. that
2: to get you back to that exact spot. No, it spot. doesn't
1: do real good. <laughs> yeah.
2: But yeah, so we are, I'm, so, I'm sorry, I'm always um, getting off topic here, but. <laughs> no, this is all yes. interesting. I'm,
1: I'm having a great time. So
2: we trust our dog, but you need to know your dog too. Cause at some point, and if, you know, if, if my hunters say, yes, we walked that way. Uh, and then she, I can tell my dog's trying to come back to the main trail then I can cut it off I can just backtrack instead of you know she's gonna make this big loop or whatever but something I noticed with my own dog and you know this is her so she's been trekking five seasons and she's she's getting really in her in her groove now but uh she is still always wanting to take the freshest track so she's still always wanting to check out the hunter's Mm-hmm. Track where they've walked first, but she will give a nod to the where, to the way the deer went. So, I will see her stop and look towards the trail, and I and in my mind, like Tom, you know, you need to mark that you, you because I know something. <laughs> chances are that is the real trail right there. But she wants to check this out first, so she'll check this out for maybe thirty yards. And Brady, um so he's the president of of Missouri Blood Trekkers, and he he. He does such a good job of explaining this, so he'll say like the dog needs to build a picture, and I I just kind of equate it to like putting a puzzle together and like mm-hmm. maybe getting the outer area done. You know, the dog needs to explore and find out exactly what happened here. Okay, the deer scent goes this way too, but this is the, the, this is not the scent I want. I don't want to, I don't want the human and the deer scent together. I want just the deer scent. You right. know, the dog needs to figure out. So they're just kind of building this and they also need to set to figure out their scent tunnel. So you know, scent is like it's moving, you know, as the air moves and stuff. It's so the dog wants to figure out the boundaries. Okay, there's no scent over here, there's scent over here and figure out you know, you right. just need to give them time to do all of that. Right. Yeah.
3: Well, it, w- people think they put their nose right down and go right to it. That don't always happen like that. <laughs> yeah. No, well,
1: my my dad uh, runs July Foxhounds. Mm-hmm. So we're, uh, we coyote hunt and it's just like you said, the scent's not always on the ground. It's up in the air. Exactly. And one of the things that helps the, the most is if the uh, air, let me think. The ground is warmer than the air because that heat rises and mm-hmm. it brings the scent up off the ground. Your dog can track a lot better like that, and I'm sure it's I'm sure it's the same with you guys. Yes. Whenever the, whenever the ground is a little bit warmer than the air, then I'm sure your dogs will be able to really. The moisture pin one down. really helps them. Moisture, the more yeah, moisture the better.
3: yeah.
2: Hunters freak out about oh I got. I gotta get. I gotta go look because it's gonna rain. I gotta see right. if I got a blood trail. No, you don't. Not if you have a dog.
3: <laughs> Not if your wait time needs to be more. Yeah, don't exactly. push your wait time just no. because of rain. Well, that's good. It that's good face to know, the dogs. right?
2: It, I mean, I'm sure there are instances where it does face the dog, like maybe on a steep hillside and just a gully washing rain. Right. It'll move But like up. we have personally, because we track a lot of duck lakes, and we have we'll mm-hmm. track through water. We've tracked after three inches of rain. I mean, where there was no water there yesterday and we are tracking through water and the dog can smell it. Mm-hmm.
1: I'll be darn That's impressive. Yeah. yeah, no, that is. Yeah. Especially cause like on, you know, we talk about it a lot on days where it's rained. Sometimes you can sneak in, get up a tree and then a deer can walk past your trail and not smell it. Mm-hmm. So
3: it's, I don't feel they don't smell it. Yeah. They just don't pay attention to right. it. Right. They smell it. They for sure <laughs> smell it. Guarantee they smell it.
0: I would have to agree with Tom. Just I think it's the personality of a deer. Mm-hmm. Mostly, I mean, if it's a complete washout, you're going to get lucky and you would have to be in the stand for that washout prior, you know, but if it's a soft rain, it's only going to help their scent just like it would help mm-hmm. a dog's you yeah. would right.
3: think. I really don't know how but, we kill them. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, that's
1: that's you got wild. You a
3: that yeah. Dog. It's amazing. Yeah, for sure.
1: <laughs> it really is wild.
2: Yeah, cuz the worst case scenario for us is this super dry fall, where you got leaves everywhere and you've mm-hmm. had no rain and it's just dry, and
3: every buck's and rut spreading oh, that scent gosh. everywhere, which they yeah. all love. And all right. you got to
2: think of that. Like I'm, I'm saying we're, we're tracking a pheromone that's a stress pheromone, and you mm-hmm. got stressed out does, and you've got rutted up bucks crossing this line. It can be a mess. Yeah, yeah, it can be a mess.
3: Four miles later, you'll find a deer 200 (laughs) yards down where he's (laughs) shouting.
0: I bet you guys have been on some wild tracks. Mm -hmm. Um, Tom, you mentioned that you got a lab. Mm -hmm. Um, Is there a particular dog that is best for tracking? Um, Labs. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, July foxhounds are the best coyote hounds. (laughs) Every every dog can do it.
3: Every dog can do it. You just got to know your dog. Okay. And I mean every dog. I, every dog's born with the gift. People and, will
2: fight you over the bloodhound, yeah,
3: yeah. the yep. tackle,
2: but it's really, really, really your lifestyle. Yeah. Like, it's so important. The dog with
3: you all the time. You need a dog that is your dog, that loves you, and does what you want it to do, mm-hmm. and, and fits your family. You right. Know? So that's why I picked him. And
1: <laughs> All right, this goes with this. I was... On Facebook the other day, and somebody posted a picture or a video of a wiener dog. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they're a oh, yeah. great trackers. And, and I was like, "What?" Ones. Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> when I
2: first started tracking, ones. I'm like, "What the heck?" But right. they're they're phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. they're they
0: good do really tracking good dogs. Since they're so close to the ground. <laughs> yeah, they're they're right there. <laughs> yeah. They're not they're... missing a beat. <laughs> no. Easy to
3: carry over fence. Oh yeah, yeah. no
0: kidding. Oh yeah, yeah I helpful. never even thought about that.
3: No, I've had to throw my 90-pound dog over fence and, um, like, down train trussles. I've had to carry him across the train trussle and, like, cattle guards. I usually carry him over cattle guards and stuff, so I ain't going to let him get a broke leg over, over yeah, no chasing kidding. deer. Yeah.
0: That just brings me back to whenever we were tracking that buck. We were picking Case up, and he was ready to go. He, my dog's kind of like yours in the fact that um, he's going to track fast and he's going to drag you through the woods mm-hmm. doing it and – uh We'd get to fences and he wouldn't know how to cross and we'd all have to pick him up and go. (laughs) And you better be holding on because as soon as he hits the ground, he's fixing to go again. Mm -hmm. Um, So before we get into, you know, ideal track situations and, you know, maybe some information regarding tracks, I want folks to know where they can find trackers because, I see a lot of posts on Facebook groups and you know I think it'd be really beneficial for people to know exactly where to go to find a track instead a tracker instead of just posting and hoping somebody bites at their post, you know, cuz oh, it gosh, can be yes. busy.
2: <laughs> well, Mary's yeah. the best at this.
3: <laughs>
2: no. No. and you you can get taken advantage of like that. Like we always encourage you don't post it to contact your okay, own first, trackers. first off Contact look at the map. So go to Missouri Blood Trackers. Let me start with this
3: for first. It's better to all happen before season. Yes. You should contact your first. guy before season. Yes. And say if I get a deer, I'm gonna call you. That that works the best. And that way you can call me or Because if you call me, I got like what have we got thirty got thirty to forty people mm-hmm. that I can call for you. Yeah, we're much we know
2: we are much more willing to take the time to help you you, people hunters have to understand like during the rut we are getting up to 30 calls per day you want to stand out so you want to get in touch with us ahead of time talk to us about where you're um hunting you know your location or whatever if we go there and
3: basically have a plan yeah right if something for sure like just touch
2: base and have a plan and then the next important thing is i can say to hunters is If you've done that, then you have our number, and the next thing you need to do is you just made a marginal shot. That is the time to call us, not after you go and search, not call us right then. Text me while you're in the stand or, you know, whoever your local tracker is. And just like you and I had a, Stephen and I had a long conversation after the fact, but you learned a lot. And I would have said, this is what I would have said, you know, let's give them wait time and then let's do this and let's do this. And I would have been able to tell you, you know, stay to the side of the blood and walk out the same way you came in and keep the track clean for my dog because that's, we want to succeed. Put everything in your favor is what it's doing. We want to succeed. So set us up for success. Set the dog up for success because what you did would have, you know, during a busy time and I was not healthy this year. So I wasn't taking those compromise tracks. But um, what you did was make, you know, a headache for, not uh, unintentionally, but I mean, anybody who goes (laughs) out and grid searches or goes out with another dog is causing a headache for us. So... At that point, I'm like, mm, sorry, you right. know.
0: I'm, I'm perfectly open to learning, so I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, you were awesome. I don't awesome. want to create I mean, there, a headache on Yeah, anyone, there was no, so. oh,
2: you crabby. No you, were, <laughs> no, you were like, okay, teach me something here. but, yeah. but and you yeah. did. Yeah.
0: I, I learned so much from that short conversation we had. And so I just I felt like... If we could have a long form conversation, then I could learn even more so.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Basically, it's
3: Missouri Blood Trackers on Facebook. You can go to and look at all of us on the map.
2: Yeah. And you can go to our website, too, because I know a lot of people don't have. I know a lot of people that don't have Facebook. Yeah. MissouriBloodTrackers.org.
1: Got to delete it, honestly. (laughs) 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 Facebook. Oh. Oh. Well, then
0: uh, MissouriBloodTrackers.org, you said? Mm hmm. Dot org. Okay. Okay. And then, you know, for the folks that happen to be listening to this podcast and are not from missouri what would you uh, recommend they do
3: same thing
2: like they're hunting in missouri say
0: they're hunting in kansas is there is there something that you guys recommend as far as like a, a countrywide tracker
2: uh united, to blood, call? Tr- united yeah. blood trackers so united, united blood, blood trackers. trackers has a site they don't vet their trackers they don't vet their trackers okay. i'm just going to say that so if you can ever find um, an organization or state organization that vets their trackers, that's what we do. We I- vet I- our trackers. Illinois does it. Kansas yeah. does it. Mm-hmm.
3: Oklahoma does it.
2: Uh, because anybody like United Blood Trackers, no offense, but you pay your fee and you're, you can be put on their list. Okay. Um, and you So what want,
0: is the vetting process for Missouri?
2: So you have to prove, um, if you're a tracker in training, so you start out as a tracker in training until you're certified, which means you've. Basically, come to the symposium and tested and been evaluated by the UBT judges, uh, or you have ten real w- world recoveries. So not gimmies. Not I shot the steer. I had it a blood ran trail. To yards right we yeah, got in. real recoveries. Like tough. Tracks. Human couldn't find this dog. Had to find it.
3: it ain't it, necessarily got to be tough, but at least. Like a 200-yard track. Yeah. Okay.
2: Like a blo- on a gu- Like on a bloodless,
3: gut shot deer yeah. that ran 200 yards, and mm-hmm. died. Yeah. So not nah, a chip shot. Not, not a super... The, saw the deer fall, Got right. him
0: out right.
2: there right. on right. a fresh right. track. Right. right, Okay. And we we actually have a private group, too, when you're a member, when you're one of the trackers, and everybody's awesome about helping out anyone who's new. They can feel completely comfortable posting their questions, right. it, you know, an experience that they had on a track. Um I mean, heck, I have even, when I was starting out, I would call people while I was on a track and be like, okay, I'm stumped, like, what do you think? And I have people do that with me now, and...
1: Keep that going, please. (laughs) (laughs) Because there, I mean, I'm in, I don't know, probably 30 or 40 different hunting groups for, I mean, anything from elk to ducks to, you know, all over the board. And the worst thing to do is whenever you get on there and everybody's just negative or Mm -hmm. there's just one or two a-holes that's you know talking smack on everybody else it's like Mm -hmm. man just help people and if you don't have any like they say if you don't have anything nice to say just leave it alone right you know but the fact that your organization i mean you all help each other out and
2: we run a pretty tight ship yeah even with our that reason. yeah, yeah even good. with our 600, six hundred six thousand plus members on heck that yeah. one Facebook page that we have, it's a tight it's a tight ship. We yeah, we don't put up with any of that. And we had a tracker in training ask a question the other day, and he was like, "I just I'm just just want to know, you know, no hate, please." And Tom immediately was like, "No one here is like, no, heck right. no, we don't do that." That's no. good. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, it is it is a different group than what you're used to. Like. Even the bee, the the coon hunters, the rabbit hunters, in our group, you know the hound dog people. They're like very. This mm-hmm. group is very supportive. Like, hopefully, it stays like that. I think it right. will. I think, I think, I think
0: will. it will too. Yep. Now, um, are you guys only tracking whitetail?
3: Yes, um, we're trying. I mean, the bears, of course, being there's a season now. We some of us will probably eventually track some bear too.
0: Okay.
2: Um. So. So yes, basically. When I started, I was so enthusiastic that I wanted to track everything. Right. Uh, And I did. And uh, that just teaches your dog bad habits of trashy, you know, Mm -hmm. crittering and stuff. So, but she can track humans, other dogs. Like we've done all of that. Um, Jinx, uh, Jasper, I never even started it with him because I wanted to know when I, you run into a problem with that when you don't have a hit site and you you don't have any blood and you don't you know all you have is maybe the hunter's word that they think they hit the steer or whatever and you got to have your dog search i want to know that my dog is only going to track a white-tailed deer right instead not of a squirrel track <laughs> <laughs> yeah so when i tell her to track it if she thinks i'm telling her to track a raccoon she's going to that's what she's going to be tracking so that was a mistake so yes train your dog to only track white-tailed yeah. deer
1: that's right. all mine um, track
3: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> that's good you, i mean you don't take a coon dog and let it tree possums either so i mean or chase rabbits or chase yeah. rabbits so <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah no that's probably a good <laughs> yeah good rule of yeah heart.
2: i i have a beagle that i trained um to track too, and uh but she discovered rabbits after and i just can't trust her anymore yeah
1: know? that's in the blood
0: yeah. Yep. yeah yeah exactly yeah so now that folks know where to go who to call and uh, how to go about it. I kind of want a start to finish ideal situation in which you guys would pick up a track as far as what you would want the hunter to do. And I know you kind of brushed up on it a little bit. Um, Take us through that a little bit.
2: Okay, so I like for the hunter to get a hold of me right away before they even go out there so I can tell them how to keep the track clean. And then, um, and I do this all the time. There have probably been a dozen, at least a dozen people this year that have found the deer on their own, and just I was available to them.
0: Now, would you, if you were a hunter, regardless of how well you think that shot was, have them call you guys no. before?
2: No, I mean. No. I'm saying if it's a marginal, especially like a gut shot. If they like if it's quartering to you gut, pretty hard
3: yeah. and it's a single lung, liver gut, you probably should call. Immediately. Probably.
0: Okay. And then let's say that you do feel like you put an awesome shot on a deer and you go to track it, how would a hunter appropriately track that deer without screwing up your track? If you needed to come in.
2: So I would just want them to stay off the blood, if at all possible, follow it. I'll, I'll even tell my hunters, they can go past last blood, like, but don't have a bunch, you know, maybe two people total. That's it. And remember where you went, like market, you know, you can go 50 yards and look there. You can go 50 yards and look that way. Mark it so that when the dog, the dog is, you know, inevitably going to try to follow you guys. Um, and then come out the same way you came in because when you then walk out this huge loop, you know, the dog is again going to want to follow you. Um, so just be mindful of that is what I ask. Uh, but... How um, far
0: would you consider being off the track when you're seeing good blood for a while? Would you... A foot or two or... Yeah. Would you want to be... Yeah, just a couple feet move? off. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yep. Just to the side of it. Mm-hmm.
0: And do you think that the dog's in a track your scent or they know... To, based off of training, they're going to pick up that interdigital uh, hormone or a Pheromone. pheromone they'll be on that. Sorry, and they'll be on that. Should be. Mm-hmm. And you're likely not going to spread it if you're off the track. Shouldn't. Okay.
2: Hmm. Yeah, you shouldn't.
3: Any, anytime you go over 100 yards, when you tell me you hit a double lung, if it's over 100 yards, you probably didn't get a double lung.
2: Right. So I,
3: that's when I would start, I would let you track at 100 yards. And if you're not seeing much blood, I'd want you to call me back.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If it's getting if you're getting down to drops of blood like there's no reason probably for you to keep going um, and you guys said something I was listening to your podcast yesterday and you said so one of you guys shot a deer and there was no blood at all and you were like thank goodness it only went like 60 yards or something it was right inside the woods or something like that yeah, yeah and Carter. somebody said if this deer had went five or six hundred yards we would have been in trouble but I was over here going nope not not me I wouldn't have been in trouble because I have a dog but um but yeah just like just just like that anytime it's just those type of situations where you start feeling like this is not a dead deer right here like this deer didn't just make a dead run and crash just call like even if you don't want us to come out at least you can get a little bit, bit of advice and like I said if if you get a hold of me right away I will and I know Tom's the same way there have been times like you had one just not that long ago where no one no one else was available and he had plans but he said this hunter did everything right so I got to go yeah, out there I for terrible. him. Yeah, felt terrible. I had to go. I we, talked to my woods do. and everything. I was like, yeah.
3: get out of there." So, yeah. So I went. Yeah, yeah. So we. I, don't I mean, if I found it or not? I don't remember. Yeah, I think you did. Did I? Okay.
2: Yeah, <laughs> we just really care. Like we love what we're doing. We really, really care. Like. Yep you could talk to our families because <laughs> my family's like, hello, are you present? And I'm like, no, I'm on that track yesterday. I'm replaying everything, like, thinking, did I do everything right, you know? And until you get that proof of life back from your hunter, you do worry about those. Like, mm-hmm. you do.
3: I got about five of them in my mind the whole time, every, all this whole year I've had them in my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're driving me a little crazy.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> so uh, if you don't mind me asking, what's a, the what's a...
1: – what was the story, like, your favorite track or your biggest track? I mean, the biggest buck you found, or or is there any that stick out more than others? As or- far as finding them? Yeah, just as far as finding them, your favorite one. Because there's got to be a favorite one.
2: I
3: got a favorite one. I got a favorite one, but it's not really – I can't really talk about oh, it a okay. whole lot. But, <laughs> but it's one of my favorites, yeah. You can tell us after the podcast. <laughs> you can tell yours, I'll think about mine. Sorry, folks. Okay. I, I,
2: I know mine just because – It was our first season, and I was a very green tracker, and it was a a two-day. It had been, and I got a phone call, and my kids had just gotten home from college, and I was like, I don't think I can track today, you know? And then they had ran out to the store, so I called, and my one daughter was like, yeah, I'd love to see Jinx work. So I said, okay. So I called the guy back, and I'm like, yeah, we can come out. And then they had told me a day, and then when I got there, they said it was like 46 hours, and I was like, oh. It's. It was dry that year, and it know. was just. It was just. There's just no way. Well, I went out there, and sure enough, this deer, this deer was insane. It went up this hill, back down this hill, up halfway out into the field, but then it actually backtracked and came back into the woods, went up the hill further, and then back down again. So what these guys knew when they followed blood was that this deer went out into the field and then stopped bleeding. Wasn't the case. The deer had backtracked. So they had grid searched this for two days, but they grid searched out past that field because that's where they knew the deer went. Well, this deer did stop bleeding, actually. This deer went a quarter of a mile before we found one speck of blood in a creek bed. And this hunter the whole time is just arguing with me, and he's just telling me, you know, this deer was mortally wounded. It didn't go this far, blah, blah, blah. I said, well... Here's a spot of blood first. Then we get up to the top of this big hill, and Jinx wants to this fence. And he says again, this deer could not have crossed this fence. And I said, well, Jinx says it did. So we can either listen to her or you've already searched everywhere. Like, you obviously couldn't find it. Well, this deer did cross the fence, went down this hill, got in the lake. You could see where it entered the lake because it was in the mud, and you could see the lines from – it. It ended up, it was being pursued by coyotes, we found out later, but it swam all the way across this lake. It came out the overflow and was laying down in the ravine and the coyotes had already got to it. And this was where I was like, holy crap, I can't even train my dog anymore because she's way smarter than me. Like, I don't even know what to do at this point. She's like the real deal. And that was my favorite track. That was where, that was the track that like just proved us, like just Solidified everything. Yes. It just proved she could do it. like it.
1: That is wild. A two-day-old track.
2: It, it was then. amazing. And it actually ended up, I won't say who it was for, but it was for a celebrity. Yeah.
3: Hey. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. It was
2: for his brother, actually. But he calls us every year to track now. Even better.
3: I, yeah, I tracked for him last year. Yeah, <laughs> last year I had
2: COVID, and I'm like, Tom, don't steal my guy, but he would go track for them. My daughter <laughs> wanted me to steal him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so... This lake, I mean, did the deer end up swimming in the lake? And how far did it go?
2: So it went completely across the lake. So it was trying to evade the coyotes. And they had heard them. So after the fact, they realized what was going on. Um, so, you know, that's that's a reason you find a lot of deer in waters. They're trying to either get away from us or coyotes.
0: Well, I'm just curious. I mean, did this deer, or did your dog... Swim across the lake to find the deer. Oh no 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 no! We knew where the
2: deer entered, and then we just walked around that to find the exit. Yeah.
0: Oh okay, that's impressive. Um,
3: Yeah, we'll do that. Deers are amazing. Like if there's a gut pile, they'll run past that. Yeah. If there's a dead deer, they'll run over top of that. Yeah. Trying to elude, make the predator go after that instead of them.
2: Yeah. Huh? Yes. It's a it's crazy the stuff you see when you start tracking. Like you think. I've been hunting my whole life. Like, I think I know a lot about hunting and what deer will do. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> yeah, you know? <laughs> no, you yep. don't.
3: It yeah. keeps keep surprising. I
0: was well, ask, I mean, they do.
2: You just don't need us for those. So.
0: I was going to ask, and now you're probably, you just gave me the answer, but a lot of the times I hear that deer make a loop.
3: Make a big uh, circle.
0: Is that oftentimes what you find, or is it just you've been on so many tracks now that you know the probability of it just doing something random versus making a loop
3: outweighs they make a lot of loops yeah okay they do, they do make a lot of, lot of j's mm-hmm. a whole lot yeah. of j's wow all right that well going back to coyote
1: hunting uh, every once in a while we'll have a coyote run through a thicket where deer land and we, our dogs are deer broke but it is wild that they'll they'll run out into the field they'll wait for the dogs to run by and then they'll go right back in there mm-hmm. it's it it really is wild and it, it just recently i've been having a bunch of weird experiences with animals like we went coon hunting and we shined this coon up in a tree and he took his hands and he put them over his <laughs> over his eye and i was like oh my gosh he's pretty smart ain't he? i was like he knows his eyes reflect <laughs> and it's it just Animals are a lot smarter than mm-hmm. I feel like everybody gives them credit for, especially deer. Their, their instincts, instincts to strong.
2: survive, yes, are mm-hmm. insane. And they do try to trip you up. I mean, why else would they do all these backtracks and all those loops and the crazy stuff they do? Right. And going over other dead deer in gut piles and
1: water sources. Mm-hmm. But I guess spending your whole life being able to smell that much... Mm-hmm. They're like, well, there's something else coming. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're trying to cover their butts from yeah, they definitely everything are. else. Mm-hmm. So on a typical year, um, I know
0: you said this was a down year for you. Mm-hmm. How often are you guys being called? Probably, I, I mean, I, obviously, you know, the bigger times of the year is going to be probably mid-October through the end of November. Mm-hmm. During that time frame, maybe even the whole season, how often are you guys getting called?
3: at least once or twice a day for sure so the beginning of the
2: season we're like fighting over no we're not we're (laughs) not but we're like oh what you do you grid search with another with a dog oh that's fine I'll come out anyway I mean we're literally like desperate to get on some deer but by the time the rut's really in full swing we've already chased so many (laughs) high shoulder single lung deer that we're like just Wanna get picky, like I just can't because I just wanna wanna help people. Like I unless unless it's health-wise, you know, unless for a health-wise reason I can't do it. Or I just because my dogs are gonna this is exhausting for the dogs. This is exhausting. You know, I need to I need to protect them from that too. But um but otherwise we're getting I mean, like I said, up to 30 calls a day. I have gotten over 30 calls a day. Uh, Right now, not. I'm not getting any calls. I I haven't had had a call like in a week. Yeah. Um, And in the beginning, they're very sparse. But during that last week of October through rifle season. Pretty
3: much through November all the way to Thanksgiving, it was pretty busy.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, and, you know, when we were on the phone, you said, you know, if this was early in the season, Mm -hmm. I would have taken this track, no Mm -hmm. problem. It would have been a challenge to me. I would have enjoyed it. Yes. And, shh. (laughs)
2: <laughs> I we, can hear we, the phone we learn, dialing. <laughs> <laughs>
3: we learn more about the non recoveries than we do the recoveries. For sure. We, just, we learn more about our dogs on the non recoveries.
0: How they react when they're less confident. But
2: you're just
3: watching them.
0: But yeah.
2: also, you do get to the point where you've, you've chased, not chased, but you've tracked 10 live deer and you've put miles in on them. Mm-hmm. And your dog needs a recovery. I actually had a guy, uh, I guess, last week. Maybe the weekend before. I don't know. I I lose track of time. Um, It sounded like a dead deer to me. It sounded like a really, like a dead deer. Normally, I'd be like, hey, let's, you know, do this. Go ahead and finish the blood. Because he has, he, the blood trail was getting sparse. But I would have normally told him. But I was like, at this point, my my dog really needed a deer. Um, So I said I'd come up. Well, he thought he would do me a favor, And he went out there in the morning and he recovered it. And then he texted me. I had a track before his. So I said, as soon as I finish this up, I'll be out to you. And uh, that is a no-no. Do not do that. (laughs) Do not do that. Um, Do
3: not call us and then go back out.
2: Yeah. And he was super nice. And he just, you know, like he said, it was he thought he was doing me a favor so I didn't have to run out. And he's like, even went to the ATM and got money out. And I was like, I would not have charged you for a dead, you know, I would not have charged you or taken any money for, hey, let me come out and just walk to the steer. Because I knew it was probably within a couple hundred yards. Um, And he kept sending me photos and kept texting me, even though I was kind of, already had been a bit snippy. Oh, that's nice, whatever, you know. Uh, So then I was like, hey, let me just get real with you. He was referred by a hunter who's had me out a few times. So I was very respectful. Uh, but I said, let me school you a little bit. This is not what you do. And um, and he was very, he apologized. And he, and I won't put him on the naughty list. You know, I do have, we have lists. <laughs> we have lists. Yeah, I forgave him for that. But I told him, I was like, I normally would have told you to do just what you did. You did the right thing. I just wanted, I wanted a dead deer for my dog. So you know, yeah. There's that too. The dogs need it. The dogs need it. We need Absolutely. it as a morale I think booster. my biggest run
3: this year was nine. I think I went nine.
2: It's very discouraging re- nine recoveries. because you just you you just put so much into it. It's very discouraging, and it's discouraging for the dogs yeah. too. So
3: and the one was the two mile walk in that somebody went in electric bike. So his two mile walk in the track took three miles and two mile walk out. Wow. Yep. Mm-hmm. that's a whole it was busy day <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so there's probably a
0: vetting process that you guys do to rule out if you're even going to take a track most often um, because yeah. you're getting that kind of amount of calls yeah. Yeah. in in the you know bigger parts of the season yeah. can you take us through exactly what you would uh, ask a hunter prior to telling him or her yes I'm going to come out there and uh, track your deer Go ahead. when it's
3: real busy that we just vet them for distance, so we can get more, get more tracks how in. How close a day. they are to you? Yeah, the closer they are, the better. Okay. So then, because we got so many people, we can diversify. You know, everybody can go out to the farther ones, and you can take your close ones and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But then, as far as vetting, we just ask all the questions about where you hit it, what the deer did, yeah. How, how far did you watch important. it? What did the deer do after you shot him? Mm-hmm. I mean, all that stuff. The normal questions is that what yeah. you're asking
0: yeah i, I kind of want to be more what specific thing, on, on, on on what the normal questions go down
3: would be list. so okay
2: <laughs> <Just> <laughs> go down so through i I, list. <laughs> I will want to know like how high up they were or if they were on the ground you know i will want to know where the deer how many yards out the deer was what the deer's body position was the equipment i will want to know about their the equipment they were using um i will want to know right
3: down to the pound of your bow
2: yes Uh, I will want to know the the deer's immediate reaction after the shot and then how far they were able to see them go. And if possible, so if someone does call me, like, from the stand and is like, I will then want, if they've got to pass through a photo of the arrow and a photo of any blood, uh, any hair, anything, just so I can get a better idea. I don't, like I said, I don't turn down a lot of people for reasons of the hit. Uh, I turned down people like last year I had COVID and I actually I had stitches this year so I couldn't take a lot of tracks I couldn't do a lot but that wasn't why I mean that was why I turned people down not because of other details but we just want to get a good idea even though we try to not come into it having in our mind that we're not going to find this deer or because <laughs> you think you're going to go in this deer is dead and you're going to find it and
3: that's when you're in trouble. Then you're not.
2: Yeah, then you're <laughs> Then you're in trouble. Yeah. But I never want to have it in my mind like I'm not going to find this deer and I don't want to project that to my dog, you know?
0: Yeah, and I think um, as far as me being a hunter, if I shot a deer and I had professionals like you with a negative attitude is like, uh, you know, I'm not feeling good about this one. You know, I'm. it's already a, a roller coaster of emotions whenever you uh-huh. shoot a deer and uh-huh. you don't have your hands on them yet. And so – I can only imagine you know, somebody telling you that has experienced uh, and, it. And I guess the biggest thing is, uh, a big question I have is, when do you give up on a track? How, how do you determine that? Do you wait for the hunter to be like, this is over? Usually or? I wait for the hunter, mm-hmm. but
3: a lot of times if the deer starts doing deer things, like he's running through all of his scrape lines, he's running through all of his rub lines. Yeah. He's, if We've done been two miles and we've made a big circle and we've basically been on his home range. So it's like we've been everywhere he's already been so I'd say he's going to live.
2: Okay. Yeah. That's that that is for sure. But you know, I will say like if people are pretty positive about where they hit, like okay, forward of the shoulder and it slid through the brisket, I will ask them what what is vital there. Like you got to pass through through the brisket, what is vital? There's nothing vital there. Like if you didn't hit an artery and you don't have blood spraying everywhere, there's nothing to kill the deer there. So, like, if if people are positive, like, stuff like that, or, like, a back whack, I'll tell them what their chances are. And if it's far away, I don't want to make the drive for that, honestly, and put my dogs out there. But I will – I'm uh-huh. going to say – I am going to say there's always an exception to the rule, and I had a kid call this year, and he called me Tuesday night because I had work on Wednesday, so I couldn't take his track. And it was just classic back whack. And um, I said – I was already sleeping, honestly, I think. And I gave him Tom's number and said, hey, call and talk to Tom about this because I'm just too tired. And, uh, said, and he did, did and he, a nice, he was number. a nice kid. And uh, he, he texted me back and said, Tom agreed with me. And he said, but I'm going to go out there tomorrow and look. I said, you absolutely should go out there and look. Like, we're not saying don't go look. This kid trailed this deer for a mile, and he recovered it. And it was not a back whack. Uh, Normally when a deer falls down and it's down and has trouble getting up and then it's crawling, you know, that's normally like spinal shock. Uh, he actually did shoot it back. He got gut, but he shot it through both the, kind of like the back legs somehow anyway. Uh, and that's what knocked it down mm-hmm. and and why it struggled to get up. And he it's did like pin the legs together. Uh, I th- he got a pastor, I'm pretty oh, okay. sure, but I think just, just the shock of maybe the gut and the legs and he just knocked it down. It just, sound, the way it sounded, it sounded like, um, but I, I have so much respect for him uh, to go a whole mile just on little drops. Like he said, sometimes he was on hands and knees looking for, so never say never for sure. Mm-hmm. Like just never say, never say never. And there are, we can say there are, you know, oh, this is classic, this is a classic reaction to gut or this is a classic liver sh- you know hit or whatever that's classic but it's not 100 percent. And it's really just part of the picture yeah just part of all of it yeah for sure
0: so how important is it when you ask those questions that the hunter is completely honest with
3: you at least from their perspective for sure they got to be honest or else it doesn't doesn't work like that guy if he just said he shot it back not worry. Did he hit it in the top of the back? Then we'd have been out there looking for it because we felt like we we could have found that deer.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: But when you tell us it's a backwhack and it hits the ground, then we're going to tell you mm, the chances are two percent we'll find right. that deer.
2: Right, right, for sure.
3: Yeah,
0: I mean, what's the? I mean, could you give me a scenario of like uh, an example where a deer hunter has uh, lied or maybe just not given the full
3: truth in? I think it's like you said, their perception of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, it, most of the time you th- you feel like they're trying well, to be fully they're trying. honest yeah, with you. Yeah, they just
3: can't tell. Uh, they either see the knock, and they're like, "I hit it in the guts," but they actually hit it forward, and the yeah. the knock was back there by the by their shoulder or whatever.
2: And 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 I think sometimes people get desperate, and they do uh, maybe. Lie, yeah, uh, yeah. Stretch be nice the truth a little. Never, I, I mean, I don't feel like on, that they That they generally stretch the truth on the hit. It's they've already been out there searching and stuff, That's, and then
3: they always lie about that. Yeah, they, they
2: lie about that a lot. And then, you know, the and dog, how much they looked in the dog, and I mean, we know from the way our dog's working, and then we have to stop. and I have to be I, this, I'll just speak for myself. I, you know, I should have said that earlier. I'm speaking for myself. Because, you know, each of us have our own way of doing things. We have our own way of training our dogs. We have our own. So even though I'm part of Missouri Blood Trackers, I'm speaking for myself. Um, So speaking for myself, I will say, okay, you got me out here. Let's hear the whole story. Let's, you know, I need to know. Because if we get 800 yards in and my dog is looking like an idiot running everywhere, this is what I'm going to say. I'm going to say clearly it's not a dead deer because she can't stay on the trail. So we're going to go. But... If you've searched here, then clearly it could be because you searched here and not that it's not a dead deer. So that's why we need to know. So at that point, I say to the hunter, well, mm, and then they say, oh, whoops. You know what? I think we might have been in here. Well, no. <laughs> you don't think you might have been in here. You
3: know. I accidentally walked like <laughs> <Yeah>. three miles. <laughs> I might have yeah. walked, walked that creek and that fence line there and this fence line yeah. over here. That, that water hole there. <laughs> I might have looked yeah. around. I might have. <laughs> yeah.
2: But, I, I mean, I understand for a, right. lot, a lot of people it's, it's, it becomes a problem. You know, it, it, like they're so committed and they want to find their deer so bad. And their friend's like, hey, I found blood over here. And then they're like, oh, let's look for more blood. And then it just gets out of hand. It just gets out of hand.
0: Yeah, and I think you mentioned to me on the phone that when you're on the track and then you lose this deer, uh, at least blood, and you start doing a, a survey – that you and your buddies that are all tracking for it are stepping on that scent and you can actually track take that scent with you wherever you go oh yeah you
2: definitely take that scent with you yeah so the dog has to follow you and then as as the scent dissipates because you're not the one putting off the scent you know eventually you're gonna the scent's gonna be gone and no longer on you then the dog has to say oh shoot this is this is a dead end let's go back and It probably wouldn't be as bad if they didn't have a human, you know, that they're dragging around on this 30-foot lead. But, I mean, they're dragging us around. And most hunters can't keep, yeah, can't even keep up with us. Like, and you, this is Missouri. Like, we're not just uh, walking out on the golf course. I mean, you've got honeysuckle. You've got buck brush. We're crawling a lot. I mean, the deer will go anywhere. The deer will go, you think the deer, you know, a bunch of thorns. The deer's not going to go in there. Damn, they're going to go in there. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty. it can get pretty intense.
1: Whenever I was, like, 15, I single-lunged a doe. She took three steps, fell over, we, and we had it on video. And she was bleeding out her side. She bawled a couple times. There was blood coming out of her mouth. We thought she was a dead deer. Mm-hmm. She got up. Well, we watched the video, and when we clicked play on the video and she started bawling on the video, she stood up and she took off running. And the last time I saw her was about 400 yards away at the side of a tree line, licking her, you know, side. And then she went into this brush and we got in there there, and it was the thickest stuff I've ever seen in my Mm -hmm. entire life. And we, I never did find that deer. Mm -hmm. She didn't die. (laughs) You don't think she didn't die from a lung single Single lung. Single lung will. Nope.
2: Well, it might kill. It might get sick and might kill it in a few weeks or months or never, but. There's a lot of those that you don't. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah they they can die. recover. And that's the thing like with being trackers and having such a huge community is when we do our, I'm going to get in trouble for saying autopsy, but <laughs> not just, not just field dressing the deer. I'm talking about actual autopsy, looking at everything, you know, Hey, has this been shot before? When you you're gonna you
3: check and see what yeah. went on. Okay.
2: And you know, when we have a whole community of people that do that and then share the results. So you see it. All the time, yeah, they they'll survive a single lung.
1: I'll be darned. And that's
2: another thing, that's another thing to discuss. Um, you know, like when we're tracking. Like I had one this year that I tracked, and so this is a crazy story. I think your I think your listeners will love this story. Um, this guy, he only got about four to six inches of penetration, but he was using a fixed blade. Um, and the, it actually broke off about four inches of the shaft in the in the broadhead broke off in the deer and we trailed this deer for a bit they had already had blood like five six hundred yards and then we extended that um but we knew like it was it was one of those just peace of mind tracks for him he just went to make sure they hadn't missed anything we knew i mean jinx knew within within 150 yards of loss of blood she was like i don't know why you want me to do this um that deer ended up dying so that fixed blade just kept sawing away in that deer and it ended up coming out almost coming out or coming out the bottom of it and actually ended up killing the deer like two weeks later and he was smart and this is something hunters should do when they do shoot a deer is get a hold of the neighbors get a hold of the neighbors before season yeah because if your guys are all running trail cams you know they might have photos and so he did he got a hold of the neighbors and he let them know that he had arrowed this deer and couldn't find it well it was the youth hunt and i guess the neighbors were out and came across that it. it had only been dead a day or two but he was able to then recover and get his deer but that's something with fixed blades you know they can mm-hmm. they can keep working in there where those mechanicals will usually float and won't do a lot but those fixed blades they'll keep sawing away and that did end up killing that deer
0: I'll be darned. yeah by chance do you know how far from the initial shot that deer ended up
2: I don't, I didn't, but I, I know it was the neighbors and they had quite a bit of property, I think. So I'm not real. I don't really know.
0: Well, it definitely was an interesting topic. I mean, that just goes to show that for me, I, after I called you, after I seen the deer was on trail camera, you know, I, I confirmed it was alive, but Mm -hmm. I didn't know if it, I couldn't tell from the camera shot where I hit him still. Mm-hmm. So I would go out there a couple of days at a time and just look for buzzards and crows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just anything, listen for coyotes in the mornings. Mm-hmm. Yep. Something they could tell me that maybe that deer's dead or something's dead over there. I need to investigate it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So I think that I that's that a really good I look for that when I show up on point. a track.
3: If I show up on a track, the first thing I'm looking for is crows and buzzards.
0: Do you think Blue Jays um,
3: they can. go to that? Because they can.
0: I, I'm just curious. They seem to make a lot of racket in the yep. woods, so I always wonder.
2: Well, you had a track this year, too, with a fixed blade that what maybe maybe wasn't a mortal hit and then ended up working on that deer when it jumped up, right? I don't remember. Yeah, I remember. You remember? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because it was but, when maybe... I wasn't tracking, oh, and okay. I, it was a track I gave him, and I'm like, of course. <laughs> But, yeah.
3: Okay. I don't remember which one it was. I'd have to look at...
2: That boy shot that one. The one up north? Mm, No, I don't think so. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
3: Trying to think which other one it would be.
2: So that wasn't the one that had the fixed blade and it ended up cutting his... um, his for, artery. I guess it, cut it, it.
3: Yeah, I think it cut its artery. Yeah, yeah. that's what happened. <laughs> Dang, she knows your track. Yeah, she knows than
2: my you. I, <laughs> I'm obsessed with tracking. Yeah. Well, I couldn't take tracks at the beginning, and I was every track I gave away to everybody. They were recovering them, <laughs> and I'm like, you. Mm.
3: The, guy, the kid was up, and uh, he had shot it in the neck, and I don't think he knew he shot it in the neck. No. Uh, he he uh, didn't have very much penetration, but as a kid, so she was going to go, so she couldn't go, so she sent me. So I went, and uh, he ended up – they jumped him out of a creek bed, and they backed out then after they jumped him, and it rained that night, so they needed help, so they called, and we I went up there, and we put bear on it, and we ended up going basically right to the deer, but it went over a big hill, and, like, it was probably – Three quarters of a mile, I think it was. Yeah, so So. it was
2: probably from the blade sawing and because it ended up
3: like right under his chin, like right in the cutting away. Yeah, it Mm -hmm. ended up cutting him because it was just working. It was still in him when we got to see some
2: crazy stuff. Yeah.
0: Do you typically see uh, more deer? Do you find more deer with fixed blade shots than versus uh, expandables?
3: The statistics say we do.
0: The statistics is, and you keep track of which?
3: People have, and I d- I'm not doing a very good job of it. But yeah, yeah, there's
2: just there's just more room for error on a mechanical. Okay. Yeah.
0: Just with the bone, uh, not letting it the expand, and then mechanical and right, failures. Right. Okay. Yeah, no, I know that's a huge topic, Re-deals. too. Deals. But you guys are see. seeing it. Muzzy's for man. the win. <laughs> Muzzy's for the win, bro. Loves, loves work. I know, I yeah. just got to learn. Better how to tune my bow. <laughs> I mean,
2: I think people they use these big cut mechanicals, and they think that all of this blood um that they're seeing, they just make a big cut. Yeah. I mean, if you don't get in there to get something vital, you don't get a not saying you, you can't ain't gonna kill it. Yeah, yeah. So.
3: You got to get all the way through that deer.
0: One thing you mentioned about blood in general when we were on the phone was that I, w- I was misled, and I think it's a common. Thing to think that if there's bubbles in your blood, that it's lung blood. It, is that something that you guys believe, or what are your thoughts on that?
2: Okay, so if it's if it's bubbles from lung blood, it's usually tiny, tiny, tiny bubbles, just tiny little, like a piece of sandpaper blood over a piece of sandpaper or something like that. Um, so oxygenated blood has bubbles in it, and as it hits the ground splatters, you're going to see some bubbles too, but they're not that tiny. And then there's also, if you hit uh, like a large muscle, usually near a leg, um, the friction from the running will cause a bubbly froth, and a lot of people think you know, that that means lung blood. That usually means... Get the heck out! And, and lung blood's usually pretty either. pink looking. Yeah.
3: yeah. Okay. It's more pinkish red than like a bright red.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Bright red? Are you kind of noticing that's more with the muscle, or is that just kind of bright red?
2: Yes,
3: bright red is muscle. All right.
2: And you can have muscle and vital. Like you can have.
3: There'll be some. You, yes.
2: Yeah. You You can have some. Um
3: Well, the heart's
0: a muscle, so I mean. Yeah.
2: <laughs> But you don't need us for that. No. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> if you got that, about what you don't you need, need us for. Yeah. yeah. We're talking about when you need us. Correct.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. I. I just. I thought that was an important thing to. To say on this because, sure. I was under the impression, and now when you talk about frothy bubbles, and I hit mine in the thigh, it makes sense now because mm-hmm. that. Was bubbly, but now that I think about it, it was, it was frothy. Bright, bright red,
1: frothy. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Muscle.
0: But I, I mean, I
2: be. have recovered deer that had that bright red, frothy, because they got gut too. They got gut and they got leg. So. Okay. Um,
0: it's a toss up.
2: Right. That's why you, yeah, you just don't know till you bring the dog out and see what the dog says.
3: The dog knows in about 100 yards. Uh-huh. <laughs> he yeah. can pretty much tell you in 100 yards. And the yards.
2: thing is, the dog, so Tom's absolutely right, but the thing is sometimes the deer can be wounded enough that maybe coyotes got to it. Maybe it's maybe it bedded in 300 yards or something, and it's hurt bad enough that, you know, five coyotes came over and got it and devoured it and whatever. So that's why we try to get our dogs to trail it for a while and, and to convince the hunters. I
3: like to try and go at least a mile
2: yeah.
3: if the properties let me.
2: Yeah, I'm really struggling with Jinx this year, getting her to, um, to, really, to really extend the tracks because she got away from me on a track early in the year. And I actually just now real I just realized it like last week or yeah. something. I, it never even had occurred to me, but we jumped a deer that we were trailing. And we jumped it at probably the one mile mark. And she got away. So she took off after, which she's never done, honestly. And she pulled the lead out of my hand, and she wasn't coming back. Well, I, I, my dogs wear tracking collars, tracking training collars for this exact reason. Mm-hmm. I just see the numbers going up. She's not coming back. I toned her. So I had to end up hitting her pretty high on it to get her to, re, you know, get out of her zone. Right. And come back. And I really noticed this year, if it's not, if it was a dead deer, I couldn't stop her. I mean, she, we tracked a doe that was gut shot that had no blood a um, half a mile, and Jinx knew it was dead, and she wouldn't stop. Like, I wanted to go back and double check, maybe restart or something, but she was committed, so I was like, okay. But when it's, when she doesn't think it's a dead deer, when she doesn't smell interdigital, she's now asking me permission, you know, she def- because she doesn't want to go after. A live deer because she doesn't want to get shocked right. and I didn't realize I had I'd never even thought about it I was just like this is so weird this year that she's just not wanting to extend these tracks mm-hmm. she's just you know looking at me for permission for down every trail and then I'm like said something about the type of dog I have and how sensitive they are like they're they're gritty and they're aggressive but they're also so sensitive to their person like you really can't hit them or yell at them. And especially during, during training, like I would never offer her correction during training. Um, but it was when I said it or when I wrote, typed it out and I was like, Oh my gosh, I know what my dog's problem is. I know what I did. So we're going to have to work on that this year a lot because I want her to extend it. Even if she doesn't think it's a dead deer, I still want her to extend it.
0: Tom mentioned what his breed of dog is. What's your breed of dogs?
2: Uh, So both of my dogs are Texas Blue Laces. I have a male and a female. They're actually siblings but not litter mates. Um, I liked her so much, and she did so great, and I wanted to have a second dog. So then I got her brother a couple years later.
0: Now, you said you did your own type of training. Now, you, you had experience, you read a book, but what do you feel like is the most effective way to train a dog because we had talked about that, because I have you know my pet slash, you know, quote unquote, blood trailing dog. Mm-hmm. Um, how how would you go about if you if people wanted to get into, but uh, doing that, <laughs> <laughs> tracking, having a dog to track.
2: So I love the training process, um, but it is it is a big undertaking. It's a lot of time. Um, so a young. So if you get a young puppy, a young puppy, I would start out, when I got Jinx, she was, our breeder had started her at four weeks, introducing her to deer parts and deer blood and such. So I would make her little trails with like food kind of mix, like a little bit of food, like little, bit, little bits of hot dogs, so that she learned to put her nose down and follow that. And at the end of that was something good. And then she just picked up on it so fast that, A lot of people will say they use a liver drag that leaves a lot of scent, a lot of blood. She was never interested in that. She never was interested in the liver. So I used the hoof, the blood, and the little bits of hot dog. Um, And from there, we just kept aging our tracks longer. So I would work on maybe distance, like I would do a hundred yards and then maybe 150 then 200 and then 250 like I would and then after that I would start aging them longer like I would start with two hours and then maybe go three and then four and then five but only do one at a time don't do don't do a longer track and a longer age at one time do one or the other until finally um what we do now is I'll use a little bit I try I try to um I try to make it as real as possible. So the hit site's gonna have a little bit of hair and a little bit of blood. And then I'm gonna use the hooves. So we keep the hooves off of mortally, uh, off of deer that hopefully we like to use them off of deer that have not just dropped and died, that have, I hate to say suffered a little, but stressed. suffered a little. Yes, very right. stressed out. So they have a lot of hormone. Um, and we use those for six to seven, eight tracks we just make, try to take good care of them and put them right back in the freezer. We freeze them in between. Um, but I'll then, so I'll put a little bit of blood and hair at the hit site and then I'll walk with the hooves and then I'll make a womb bed and I'll just kind of, as I'm out in the woods walking, I'll just try to think like a deer, like where I think I want to go and just kind of head that way. And then I'll put little tab tags in the trees. Um, and I'll use my app so that because, I mean, you won't believe how the next day you forget where you went. <laughs> right. Like, you know, you're going 800 yards or I something. I told paper, so I ain't got to pick
3: nothing <laughs> up. Yeah, yeah.
2: But, uh, Biodegradable.
3: Yep. Yeah, that's,
2: that's how I started training. That's how I trained still.
0: Did you take a similar route, Tom?
3: I didn't because I didn't know what I was doing, and I didn't buy the book, and I don't read. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, right on. So <laughs> I drug a hide, which they say not to do. Oh, okay. So... Um, I drug a hide and basically got him. I aged it more and more and drug it farther and farther and then introduced blood to it and then I introduced hoofs and then I started taking stuff away until he got down to just hoofs.
0: And how often would you say, um, out of a week, are you training your dog? At least in the beginning, in the it was sure.
3: about every other day, and then now about once a week after season, I'll I'll do a track.
2: In the beginning, I was insane. And I was like three times a day, like. (laughs) And then my friends are like, hey, no, you're going to burn that dog out. You know, Uh, I think the most important thing. um, So then I ended up going to like three times a week. But the most important thing is when is find out what your dog wants. Like Jinx wasn't food motivated then. Now she is. We call her big hungry because she's always (laughs) hungry. But she wasn't food motivated. But she loved to play tug with that hide. Um, and she, I mean, when she would get to the end of the track, it was just like a party. I mean, I was like, yes, And I have a certain voice I use. If you listen to any of, if you look at any of my videos, you know, like with Jasper, yes, Bubby, good job, Bubby. You know, it's just a certain voice that they only get when they're, you know, when they've made that recovery or whatever. Uh, and they work for you. That's why they're doing it. They do it because they love you and they, they want to work for you and they want to make you happy and you have such a ridiculous bond um like my dogs know when I'm on the phone with a hunter they know I was excited about this so all day they've been boom boom because they're like <laughs> I'm putting off energy the same energy when I'm gonna go track and they're like oh something something good's happening I'm like not for you guys we should have had them on you guys ain't doing nothing how do you guys feel about it Jack? <laughs> But yeah, so that's what we do.
0: I think you guys have given us a lot of great information, and for the folks that are wanting to get into tracking, I think it, it'd be a really good thing because you're covering a big area. You're covering a big area. It's it seems mm-hmm. like we could use more and more oh, trackers. Yeah. I don't could. I don't think that that would mess up anything of what you guys are hey, doing. Hey,
2: I will. <laughs> I mean. I will help train you. Like I literally am, like, yes, please, because it's it is stressful when you care. You know, it is stressful to turn people down. And have we grown need a lot of people up north crying. more than anywhere. Yeah, up north, we definitely need people up north, and we need we just we need and we need good you know good trackers, and that's why we're willing to train them. Yeah.
0: Um, what would you say about having a, a dog go to a tracking school? Is that something that? Is well yeah. known. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, there's a lot of them. Yeah, and, all... and
3: Brady actually has one. Okay.
2: Yeah, Brady's uh, and Brady's really good because he at the end he has trains the. Trains you too. Yes, he trains you too, and that's <laughs> which important. is more important than that. the dog. It is. I can it imagine. is. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I say just get somebody, you know, somebody legit. Yeah. Check you know check yeah. the references and
3: ask for references. Call people that's mm-hmm. used him and stuff like that. Sure. Yeah. Like call any other thing you're us. trying to deal with, you know?
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I had a lot of fun with this one. How about you, Travis? Oh, no. This has been great. Uh, one question I do have, though. So, is tracking, is that all you guys use these dogs for, or do you use them for shed hunting, too?
3: I use mine for some shed hunting, okay. but only on farms It is phenomenal. Okay. I, won't, I won't go to looking for, uh, I call them unicorn horns. I won't go on a farm <laughs> that, you know, you're not, not sure knows. if you're going to find them. Right. Out. Right. Like a farm that you know that's got fifty deer in the field at night, you know you go mm-hmm. on that farm.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Pretty good, good odds there.
3: But yeah, I was told this: if you want a great dog, have them have one job. Right. If you want a good dog, have them do multiple things. Right. They can be good at everything, but if you want them great at something, jack of all, master none. Right. So okay. You want them to be pretty focused on what you're wanting them to do. Right. Yeah.
2: And here's my thoughts on that: like. I love my dogs and I want them to be happy year round. So we do a lot of different stuff. We do we do a lot of different things. My my husband's a trapper, so we run the trap line. I let him chew on trash. <laughs> Mine don't. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, so far it hasn't been a problem. You know, I haven't ever had him leave. I, all I got to do is say, leave it. We had a track uh, that we crossed a possum or a possum was going to cross us and she looked at it like I can't believe this is about to happen, and I was Coming like, "Leave to me. it, right. chocolate." Yeah, <laughs> and she did. She just went right back to tracking. But I have such a like outdoor lifestyle. I mean, we go uh, trot trotlining too, mm-hmm. and I'll take her on the boat. I they go everywhere we go. So, yeah.
1: Yeah,
0: I'm sure there's a there comes a certain point in their training where they know when it's time to work and mm-hmm. they know when it's leisure time. When yeah. you get
3: the when you get to your backpack out or whatever you use oh, for yeah. you, when you get the backpack out and get your leads out it's time they know it's time they know right then it's where it's good
2: it's like you hide stuff you hide because <laughs> yeah. you don't want them to see the backpack or the leads <laughs> until it's time because mm-hmm. it's just oh they're they're crazy
1: heck yeah well
0: <laughs> before we jump off here was there anything you guys wanted to add um that you feel itching to talk about before we jump
2: off here. Mm, I think just I just want to reiterate how important it is to get a hold of the tracker in advance. If not in advance when you shoot the deer, if you if it's questionable, if it's if it's marginal. I love when people call me for any reason. I mean because I do now that I've tracked for for people numerous times. You know, they'll call me and be like, "I just shot a huge one. Like, can you come up?" And I'll be like, "Chill out. Go look. You probably don't need me. You know, just kind of talk them off the fence a little bit." Um but I think that's really important to us because you just kind of have a shoe-in then as far as the efforts will go to help you um, when we know you did everything right. We, well, def- sure. we definitely want to help everybody who did everything if You do right.
3: everything right. I'll, I'll walk my little feet off.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: So it's kind of like getting a doctor before you get an illness. You meet your doctor, you choose your doctor, (laughs) That's right. and then if something bad happens, you call them and then they already know you. That's exactly right.
2: And tell all your friends. And get your your
3: neighbors (laughs) on board for-
2: Oh, your neighbors are so important. Make sure
3: the neighbors know you may have to track their way and allow them to do it on your property Mm -hmm. too. Right. So you shot a deer, come over and look for it.
2: Mm -hmm. Meet your neighbors. So we
3: meet a lot of lines and if you don't got permission, we can't go. Yeah. Even though that dog's, like, chewing at the fence trying to get through there oh, to go. yeah. That's something we
2: probably, that's probably another thing, actually, is people don't realize that there are strict laws in Missouri. Um, the dog has to stay on lead. No means of take can be brought on the track at all, bow or gun, nothing. Because we're a recovery-only state, so we cannot give chase. So if we jump that deer, by law, we're supposed to get that dog out of there. You can go back in with your bow then and finish it off if possible, but, or we can come back the next day or whatever, but um, that's, yeah, that's kind of the law there. So, and then this is not what there are states that are, have like recovery laws. Missouri does not, even an agent cannot force someone to let you come on their property. So, meeting your neighbors in advance and introducing yourself is a good idea.
3: I, I like, like to have a mile around where you're hunting, you right? Have a mile that way. If you hit a deer and we're going, I can at least take him a mile. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, guys, this was super informative. I had a lot of fun. Me too. It Before we get off here, I butchered your guys' names and your <laughs> businesses, so if you want to shout that out here, how, how folks can reach you when they need a track, um, go for it.
2: Yeah, so I'm Mary Wilson. Um, my tracking... Page is Blue Begear tracking, but I'm. You can mostly find me at Missouri Blood Trackers, so Missouri Blood Trackers Association, and we also have a website if you don't have Facebook, and through either of those sites you can link to our map, and all of our information is on the map, so you can Including find your, all your of our other history. trackers. Too. Yeah, all of our trackers.
3: All of our trackers are on that map. All right, and I'm Tom Monahan with. Buried a big pl- black dog tracking. See, even he like us, uh, tongue, t- tongue twisted me. Bared the big black dog tracking.
2: Oh, and if you are interested in learning about tracking, you know you can always get a hold of us. Um, and I would highly recommend going to our symposium. Uh, just um, stay tuned via Facebook or our newsletter. You can sign up for that on Facebook or the website. And, um, it's usually in May, but just a world of information. We actually have a tracker in training who came last year before he even got his puppy in May. He didn't even have his puppy yet. He got it a few weeks later. And I mean, he has so many recoveries this year. He was just, he was set up for success. And that dog, I mean, at four months old, I think five months old, it had already had its 10 recoveries, but he knew exactly what to do to train that pup when he got it
0: call these folks up whether it's for tracking training they could always use more help and who wants to lose a deer right right exactly we'll put a bow on this one and uh folks we'll see you on the next one thank you thank you